Hey, what's up, guys? Pete Mundo here. Thanks, as always, for checking out this week's podcast. And please leave us a rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you do that, then you send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're still giving away free Heartland College Sports koozies. That's how you get one. Rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Third and goal at the three. And Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. I can feel it coming on now as the music plays. Taking shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5. Into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53-yard touchdown reception. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun goes They just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCleskey on the grab. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone, it's a touchdown! Oh, mother! The weather starting to warm up. The Big 12 tournament is here. And guess what? Spring football is underway. We made it. We made it. We made it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Really appreciate you joining us, whether it's on the podcast, radio show, YouTube, whatever it might be. Thanks for making us part of your week each and every week. So here's the deal. This show airs on many radio stations throughout the Midwest. We are on in four states, Texas, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia. With the Big 12 tournament this week, we could not do a true uh, Big 12 tournament radio show because it was going to be airing on stations on different days. So what we did, myself and Matthew Postens, who you hear each and every week talk about Big 12 basketball, we released a podcast only previewing the Big 12 tournament. If you want to hear that, go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and search Heartland College Sports. You can hear our Big 12 tournament preview, but we could not do it for the radio show because every day is going to bring new results, and our predictions could be old by Thursday or Friday. So go check that out on the podcast. So on the radio show, what we're going to do this week, and of course on the podcast version of this show, is a full spring preview for the Big 12 Conference. Go team by team, take you through it, and it's going to be a lot of fun right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. We're going to go in order alphabetically. That's the best way to do it. I got a lot of flack last week for my ranking of the Big 12 football programs, so I'm going to leave the bias out this week and simply go alphabetically as the show moves along. Really appreciate you all joining us and uh, being a part of this. So let's kick it off with the Baylor Bears, who got spring practice rolling last week. As we talk about people I'm most excited to see back in the mix and new faces I can't wait to see, um, I think to a name, not Charlie Brewer, who I know many of you would expect to be, hey, maybe this guy can be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. My bold prediction last year was that Charlie Brewer would end the season as the second best quarterback in the conference. 
I was wrong. All right? I'm going to admit it. I will take the heat. I was wrong about that. No doubt about it. He's good. But he did not do what I thought he was going to do last year. Now, he was working behind a bad offensive line, or let's just say an improving offensive line, and he certainly could be that this year. But my most exciting returning player for the Baylor Bears is defensive tackle James Lynch. This guy, first team all Big 12 last year, five and a half sacks, nine tackles for loss, uh, finished 10th in the Big 12 in sacks, five of the top nine in the conference in that department have graduated. And then David Long of West Virginia and Jordan Brailford of Oklahoma State are skipping their senior seasons, going to the NFL. And this guy's only going to be a junior. To see what James Lynch has done, and I know the offseason is only a couple of months, but to see what he has done in the offseason, how he's progressed, his leadership abilities in spring ball, those are all huge deals for me as I evaluate this Baylor team moving forward. If they can get... Lynch to anchor a really good or at least a better pass rush that would be a big deal for this team because there were certainly still holes on the defensive side of the ball uh, last year a newcomer for the Baylor Bears I'm most excited about is and excuse me on the pronunciation I'm gonna try really hard I practiced this before the show started Niadre Zazua One of the top junior college defensive ends in the class of 2019. He's on campus in Waco, a top 50 national JUCO player, and he picked Baylor over Tennessee, Nebraska, and TCU. As a team, Baylor had 25 sacks in 13 games last year. That's eighth in the conference. They've got to get more pass rushers. We talked about Lynch stuffing the gap on the inside. If Zazua can be a guy who can truly get to the quarterback, then this Baylor team with an improving offensive line with hopefully uh, another year for Brewer under his belt and then a defense that can get to the quarterback, that is a big deal that can uh, make a big impact on this team and on this program in 2019 as they try to go from one win to bowl eligibility and bowl win to you know maybe eight, nine wins. It's not unreasonable. For Baylor fans to expect that this season. But in the topsy-turvy and deep Big 12, it's never easy. Now, some storylines to watch for this Baylor team. Offensive line, no doubt about it. I mean, this team averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year. you got to do better than that. You want to be in the mid-fours. That's a good place to start. Defensively, shore up the secondary. The Bears ranked third in Big 12 action in passing yards allowed. But you know what? They were actually much worse, ranking eighth in the conference in pass defense efficiency. So these are the kind of numbers that you see and you follow, and you're like, okay, if Baylor's going to make a move, if they're going to take that next step, it's going to be because of the offensive line, the pass rush, and shoring up the secondary. I expect Charlie Brewer to be good. I believe they're always going to have the skill position players at Baylor. Dating back to Bryles, now into Matt Rule, they're going to have those players. But it's the lines and the secondary that have got to pick it up a little bit if this program does truly want to take that next step. So our spring preview now, we jump over to the Iowa State Cyclones. Once again, alphabetical order here. Don't get mad at me. Uh, The Cyclones kicking off spring practice this past week as well. And returnee, I mean, how do you not say Brock Purdy? This guy took the Cyclones program by storm last year. Remember, Iowa State was 1-3 to kick off the season. 
and it was not looking good. All of a sudden, all that momentum that Matt Campbell had built in 2017 looked like it could have been a distant memory. And that's the last thing this program could deal with. The last thing you want to have when you're a middle-tier, middle-of-the-pack, Power 5 program is be dealing with a situation where you have a great year, you have a couple of top-five upsets like they did against TCU and Oklahoma in 2017, and then just stumble down to a 3-9 you know, and nine record the following year. You don't want to do that. But who does Brock Purdy connect with now? Who is his guy or his guys with Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery gone? What is his safety net? Who's on that safety net? That's what I want to learn from Brock Purdy this spring. I believe, you know, the true freshman came in. He lit it up last year. You could not say enough about Brock Purdy. But he had a couple of great skill players that he was dealing with there. Arguably the best wide receiver and and running back duo in the Big 12 in Butler and Montgomery. Who fills those spots? Who is he comfortable with? That's what I want to see. Now, somebody he could be comfortable with is running back Brees Hall. He is in the mix. He has enrolled. Our own Derek Duke saw him at the All-American Bowl back in January. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Those are good things. That's stuff that Brock Purdy needs. But can he make that noise? Is he too young? Is he too inexperienced? I want to see what Brees Hall is all about this spring. As for other storylines on both sides of the ball for Iowa State, who's going to step up at wide receiver? I don't know if you can replace Hakeem Butler. Think about that six foot six, two hundred and twenty pounds, massive wingspan, former high school uh, basketball star. Who is in that mix? Iowa State only returns four players who caught at least one pass last season: Deshante Jones, Tariq Milton, Landon Akers, and Josh Johnson. And it's not even close. Jones and Milton have by far the most experience of anybody in that group. Somebody has to step up at the wide receiver spot, especially in the Big 12 for Brock Purdy. That's got to be done. We'll learn about that this spring. Now for the cornerbacks, Iowa State loses a couple of starters, Brian Peavy and DeAndre Bain. In many ways, this could be a rebuilding year for Iowa State because of so many of the key pieces uh, that are gone this year. So a couple of guys that got some action, Anthony Johnson and uh, DeAndre Young, they played a little bit as true freshmen, and they're the favorites to win the job. But when you have a situation where two starters with a ton of experience, you know, Peavy was a second-team All-Big 12 guy. With these guys gone, it's, it's going to be a battle to see who is the front runner for these spots at cornerback for Iowa State. And, you know, ask any team in the Big 12. You want strong cornerback play Iowa State did a brilliant job with its secondary the past couple of years and you saw the way that that played out in some of the uh, key games right and we all saw that how that played out against West Virginia it was no secret what they were doing Dana Holgerson complained about it but John Heacock dropped eight and he trusted his guys in coverage and you got to have that confidence at that position for John Heacock All right, spring previews. Let's move on to the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go to them. So the obvious exciting returnee would be Puka Williams, but after a domestic violence arrest in December, not sure what's going on there. Just not clear to me yet. So Corian Harris, a cornerback, is a guy who was a true freshman last year. But having a lockdown corner, as we just talked about with Iowa State, can be a huge bonus. Harris is not exactly an All-American, but to see him with this staff, 
with Les Miles, who cranked out a ton of NFL players on the defensive side of the ball, having Harris there as the best returner at that position. He was the highest signed prospect in Kansas football history. I would love to see what his ceiling is under this coaching staff. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see what Corian Harris can do at cornerback. As for newcomers, you got to go to the quarterback position. I'm sorry. It's been a disaster for Kansas here the last uh, bunch of years. And quarterback Thomas McAvity, I hope I said that right, six games at Mesa Community College, over 1,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. He can run the ball, though. He has the ability to do that. Now, he's not going to burn you, but he's got legs. And considering what Kansas has or does not have at quarterback, the more I can see from the Kansas Jayhawks at the quarterback position, the better off this program will be. Uh, Peyton Bender's gone. Carter Stanley's got some experience. Miles Kendrick did not get the run. I thought he would last season. He's athletic. He can run. Can he throw? I mean, we haven't seen much of it. Accuracy is a problem there. So let's keep tabs on on that quarterback battle for Kansas. It's going to determine a lot. And defensively, the front seven. Joe Deneen, gone. Daniel Wise, gone. We talked to uh, Dalton Reisner last week of Kansas State. He thought Daniel Wise was the best defender he played all year in the Big 12. I mean, that tells you a lot. Jayhawks got to replace the entire D-line as well as two linebacker spots. That is difficult to do, and who steps up from there is going to be very telling. You know, Les Miles, as I mentioned, a defensive guy, but my, oh, my, it's, it's going to be a lot of work to figure out what this team is going to do on that front seven, which has already been, you know, there were some good players there, but as a unit, it still struggled mightily at times. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for joining the show. And we are doing a full Big 12 spring football preview show this week. We'll get to K-State and the Oklahoma schools. Keep it going. Alphabetical order coming up next right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Keep our spring football preview going for the Big 12 Conference. Pete Mundo with you, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, where your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So the Kansas State Wildcats, let's get to them here on, uh, on Heartland College Sports Weekly. New regime, Chris Kleiman. I know, no Bill Snyder. What do we make of this? How does this go from here? Well, my most exciting returnee for K-State is Reggie Walker, the defensive end. He finished with seven and a half sacks last season. That was sixth in the Big 12. And four of the five players that ranked ahead of him have graduated or left for the NFL early. He's also, or was also, top 10 in the Big 12 in tackles for loss. So is he a guy who is now going to become one of the most feared pass rushers in the Big 12? He's got a chance to do it. He can be that guy. And if he does it effectively, uh, that's a huge boost for Kansas State. As for newcomers, Hunter Ryzen, a wide receiver. He graduated actually after the 2017 season, had to sit out last year per transfer rules from Michigan State. He was a top 300 player in the country, top 40 wide receiver in the country. And yes, he's the son of Andre Ryzen. He played 12 games as a freshman at Michigan State. Then he had to come here and sit out. Can he be that number one target, the Wildcats, desperately missed in 2018 
I cannot wait to see how this guy looks this spring. I think it's incredibly important for him to have a successful and very solid spring camp. This way, Kansas State and Chris Kleiman and Skylar Thompson go into the summer camp and go into the 2019 season and say, you know what, we feel good about what Hunter Rising can do and what he can be. That would be enormous for this team to know they have a legitimate, solid number one wide receiver. He might have some rust to knock off, but I'll tell you what, I've got faith in making this kid and having him be the go-to player. I mean, Kansas State does not get top 300 players in the country uh, and top 40 players traditionally at their position in the country. Let's see what he can do. Now, for storylines to watch uh, both sides of the ball, the running back position for Kansas State is fascinating. Alex Barnes is gone. This guy was the top uh, best producer at the position in the Big 12. And Chris Kleiman, his program loves running backs. They averaged 286 rushing yards per game last season. Who's going to do that? The most likely guy and the odds-on favorite, frankly, if he doesn't become that player, this team is in trouble this season, is James Gilbert. He transferred from Ball State, rushed for over 2,000 career yards there. A couple of juniors on the roster, Tyler Burns and Harry Trotter. But, frankly, it's Gilbert's job to lose. And if he does not take the mantle then that's going to be a a sore spot all season long for Kansas State. So we'll learn a lot about Gilbert and that unit this uh, this spring. Defensively, I want to see what this linebacker group is all about. Now, you think about last year. They were all right. Daquan Patton, Justin Hughes, they were serviceable. Were they rock stars? No. I want to see what Daniel Green's all about. We've been hearing about this guy for, jeez, freaking two years now. Redshirted last year, top 250 player in the nation in the class of 2017. If he can finally get on the field, at least the practice field, let's see what he's all about. And don't forget about Elijah uh, Sullivan, who played in all 13 games in 2017, but then he dealt with injuries last year, only played in three. So uh, I'm intrigued by the linebacker position for Kansas State. Moving on to the Oklahoma Sooners spring football preview. Most exciting returnee. C.D. Lamb. Marquise Brown gone to the NFL. Lamb's ceiling could be higher than Brown's simply because of his size and length. Last year, 65 catches, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's a freak athlete. He'll be a preseason all-Big 12 guy. Um, And listen, the, the offensive talent is there, right, for Oklahoma. It's not shocking to anybody. But with so many pieces all over the place, having C.D. Lamb, having one of the best wide receivers in the country at your disposal, is huge for this team. Newcomer, how do you not go with Jalen Hurts? He's going to be the starting quarterback. He has played in a national championship game for Alabama. We know he lost his job to Tua Tungavaloa. But can Lincoln Riley pull off his magic again? Can he truly do it again for a third straight year with a Heisman winner, potentially? Now, I think Jalen Hurts is the weakest of the three of Mayfield, Murray, and Hurts, but that's that's you know still saying a lot about what the other two are and what they have become. But this is going to be a fascinating study to follow and what these two guys um, are able to accomplish together, Lincoln Riley and Jalen Hurts. Storylines to watch, offensive line on, on one side of the ball, and then what this defense looks like under Alex Grinch. Uh, the new defensive coordinator who replaces Mike Stoops. You think of the offensive line, and 
the Sooners are losing four starters up front outside of center Creed Humphrey. So with all those guys gone, they've recruited really well at the position. Uh, and I think about guys like Bray Walker, Adrian Ely, um, Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson. But still, you got to see them in action. So spring chance, spring ball is a good chance to see uh, how that happens and how that unfolds. Defensively, what is Alex Grinch? Time at Washington State. Then he goes to Ohio State where he was co-DC and the uh, defense, you know, had some issues. Now, he was not the play caller, as I understand. But is this a sexy hire that is maybe not going to work out? Or is this a guy who is finally going to hit his stride and become a rock star in the industry with his own defense under Lincoln Riley, playing with that offense that he has to work with. He was able to have success under Mike Leach. That's a big deal. Lincoln Riley liked that. Can it work here in Norman? That's the big question. And, of course, what does he do with the pieces that he had? You know, Mike Stoops recruited really well. I There were more four-star guys on defense than there were on offense the last couple of years at different points. And Mike Stoops just couldn't get it done. Can Alex Grinch... More previews coming your way next. All right, well, let's keep it rolling with our Big 12 football spring preview edition of the show. And we have four teams to get to here in the final segment. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Oklahoma State. Who am I most excited by coming on back? Chubba Hubbard. Now, you might say, what about Tylen Wallace, stud wide receiver? The guy could win the Bolitnikoff. He could. He could. But Chubba Hubbard averaged 20 carries per game, 106 yards per game, with four touchdowns total over the final four games of the season when Justice Hill was injured. He also showed more dual threat ability to catch the ball out of the backfield than Hill showed. Hubbard could be the best running back in the Big 12 this fall. Now, it might go to someone at OU like Kennedy McCoy, who's got a better offensive line, but still, I am thrilled to see what Chuba Hubbard can be. As for most exciting newcomer, this is not the name I thought I'd be talking about this year because I thought this guy would be the most exciting newcomer last year. He's won it again. He's Spencer Sanders. Yeah, Spencer Sanders, the quarterback, the stud, top 10 Ranked dual-threat quarterback in the country in the class of 2018. The 2017-18 Gatorade Texas State Player of the Year, Mr. Texas Football. 46-6 and career record in high school. Never saw the field because I guess Taylor Cornelius is now Tom Brady, huh? Well, Sanders isn't going to be in a battle with Hawaii transfer Drew Brown. And I, I just think as this season goes on, I know it's a ways away. Mike Gundy is going to wish that he played Spencer Sanders last season. Storylines to keep a close eye on. Offensive line, it's been a sore spot, to put it politely, for Oklahoma State the past handful of years. A new coach, Charlie Dickey, comes over from K-State as uh, it was Josh Henson leaving for Texas A&M. Not the worst thing in the world. Dickey has developed stud offensive lineman in Manhattan. Most recently, Dalton Reisner. He's going to be a solid NFL draft pick this year. Defensively, I want to see the rushing defense. Guys like Jordan Bralford, Kenneth Edison-Magruder are gone. 
Also, both defensive tackles, Trey Carter, Darian Daniels, leaving the graduation and transfer. This team's got to stop the run better. They were worse in the Big 12 in that category last season. Oklahoma State needs to stop the run this year. So let's see if they can do it. All right, top storylines in the spring football for the Texas Longhorns. Most excited about Sam Ellinger. Is this guy, can he be a Heisman contender? Can he take that next step under Tom Herman? Got a shot. He can do it. Completion percentage jumped 10 percentage points freshman and sophomore year. He's missing a couple of key players like little Jordan Humphrey, but Colin Johnson is back. Team's going to be a contender for the Big 12 title. We could get OU and Texas again, but let's just keep an eye on all this because um, if Ellinger becomes the stud quarterback in the Big 12, then Texas could surpass Oklahoma for the top of the conference, at least with the way things stand right now. As for newcomers to watch, Jordan Whittington is a guy who can make an immediate impact. He's listed as an athlete, five-star athlete, but with Humphrey gone, Trey Watson running back out the door, Whittington is a strong physical player who, now that he's enrolled early, can make his presence felt. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball. This guy's going to have a chance to make his presence felt right away storylines to watch I mentioned it right there the running backs Trey Watson uh, gone so let's see can Keontae Ingram become a stud RB1 for the Texas Longhorns after a solid freshman year with 700 rushing yards maybe does Whittington jump in Uh, Daniel Young is I don't think he's a top running back in the conference but a short yardage guy who can make some noise and then senior Kirk Johnson also in the mix defensively Got to find that pass rush. Charles Amena, who's out the door, nine and a half sacks are gone. Got to find that pass rush for this team. Gary Johnson, also gone. So some key players out the door for Texas. Got to figure out who is now going to be in the mix. And the guys that you think about, uh, Malcolm Roach, Taquan Graham, Marquez Bimage, uh, those are the guys and names that come to mind for me. TCU, spring football, Big 12 edition preview. Jalen Rager, that's the name. That's the name I want to see as this guy, if he was anywhere else, I hate to say it, but being at TCU the past couple of years has actually, especially this past year, has not done much for his national recognition. This guy could be a first-team All-American with the right offense and the right quarterback. Not saying this offense is not good. It just wasn't good last year. I mean, Gary Patterson would tell you that. It was no good. But he's the reason this team was bowl eligible. Typically, a wide receiver does not make that much of a difference. Like, uh, wide receiver is a sexy position, but it's not a position that's typically make or break. But this guy was the only reason TCU scored a point the final month of the season. He was that good. Uh, he should be an all-Big 12 first-team preseason selection, and he deserves much more recognition than he gets. Who is going to get him the, co- the the ball? Sean Robinson transferred. Max Duggan? Is that the guy? Alex Delton? The transfer from Kansas State? Uh, he was not exactly uh, Joe Montana tossing the ball around the yard. Justin Rogers, the top recruit from 2018, he's still got that knee issue going on apparently. I mean, Can Max Duggan be that guy as a freshman? We'll find out. Storylines to watch. It's got to be the quarterback situation, right? I mean, that's the most important position in the most important conference for that position, and TCU's got to figure it out. Defensively, 
Give me some pass rushers, baby. Ben Banigou, going to be tough. Got to replace LJ Collier as well. Uh, Banigou and Collier, first team all Big 12 guys. So Gary Patterson can coach him up. He's got the bodies to do it. Whether it's a guy like Gary Overshone, Brandon Bowen, uh, Adam Plant, there are names there that can make some noise. Uh, and don't forget about Ross Blacklock, stud D tackle who uh, went down before the season last year, as I recall, with an injury. All right, Texas Tech spring football preview as we head down the home stretch. Alan Bowman, that's the name to keep an eye on. What does he forget about what his health is, which is a big deal with those uh, ruptured lungs he's dealt with? Is he a product of Cliff Kingsbury, or is he really this good? I mean, he was a three-star guy that's good, but as a true freshman, he lit it up last year. He was awesome, man. So what is he? What is he? Got to find that out. And we're going to get a good look this spring in what Matt Wells wants to do with him and how he uses him. Keep an eye on tight end Simon Gonzalez, a new guy. Uh, Matt Wells uses the tight end far more than Cliff Kingsbury ever did. Simon Gonzalez, tight end, number two ranked JUCO tight end in the country. And you know what? It's going to be weird for Tech fans to see a tight end out there, but get used to it under this administration. Storylines to keep an eye on. Offensive line for Texas Tech. They want to improve the ground game. Utah State, where Matt Wells coached before, averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Tech averaged 3.6 yards per carry last season. Jack Anderson has a chance to be a first-team All-Big 12 selection on the offensive line. Uh, Some other guys are going to be back, but... At the same time, you got to be able to get down and dirty. That's what Matt Wells is going to want to do. They're going to throw the ball around, but they want to be able to run the ball as well. Defensively, maybe we're getting uh, beating a dead horse here, but also Tech's going to find pass rushers. Colin Hill and Tony Jones, only two players on Tech in the top 25 in the Big 12 in sacks. They're both gone. Got to be able to replace them. So we're running uh, low on time heading into West Virginia. I don't want to short the Mountaineers, so I'm going to get to them here real quick. You lose Gary Jennings. You lose David Sills. You lose Will Greer. Dana Holgerson's gone. Neil Brown is in. What does he do? How does he handle the program? What does he have in store? All things I want to see heading into spring ball. How is the offense different from Dana Holgerson's offense? I'm curious. And defensively, don't forget... Do not forget at all about David Long. The Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year was on the West Virginia Mountaineers last year. Didn't feel like that, but he was there. He was damn good, too. How do you replace that? You know, the defensive line could be pretty decent. The Sills brothers. Secondary is actually in pretty good shape when you think about it. With guys like Keith Washington, Hakeem Bailey, the safety spots, are pretty much locked down as well with Kenny Robinson Jr. leading the way. I want to see what this linebacking crew can do. A name to keep an eye on, Charlie Benton. Don't forget, top five JUCO linebacker uh, coming out of Butler Community College. And he was supposed to be a starter last year, an effective player last year, but he suffered a season-ending knee injury against Tennessee in the opener. Can he replace David Long in some way, shape, or form? I hope so. I'm pulling for the guy. Charlie Benton, linebacker for West Virginia. There you have it, our Big 12 spring preview. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. 2000 K.
country stations Yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right Thanks again, guys, for checking out this week's podcast. Appreciate it. As always, leave us a rating, review, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the free koozie in the mail. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon.